Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices, and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. It's brand new, season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Hey there, Tech Stuff listeners. This is Jonathan Strickland, and I have got a request for all of you. Now, Chris and I have decided that we're going to try an experiment. We're doing our first crowdsourced episode of Tech Stuff, and we want to know what your pick is for the worst video game of all time. Now, Nominations, you can, you can make one nomination. You nominate one game and you need to tell us the name of the game and the platform it was on. And it could be any platform. It could be an arcade game. It could be a PC, Mac, uh, Xbox, PS3, Nintendo, handheld console. It can be web based if you like, but just you let us know what the platform is so we can make sure we count that as the votes. So you can nominate your game either through email, which is techstuff at HowStuffWorks.com, or you can nominate through Twitter or Facebook. And we're going to put a uh, cutoff date on this. I, I want to have the episode go up by the end of September of 2011. So let's say you need to get your nominations in by September 8th, 2011. So if you get those nominations into us, we will make sure we include those in the process and we will have an episode where we give you the worst video games of all time based upon the votes of our listeners. Thanks a lot. Can't wait to hear from you. Get in touch with technology with Tech Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello again, everyone. Welcome to Tech Stuff. My name is Chris Paulette, and I'm an editor at HowStuffWorks.com. Across from me, as he always is, sits 
Senior writer Jonathan Strickland. If you start me up, I'll never stop. <laughs> uh, well, I can see you're gathering no moss. <laughs> no, I am not. So we wanted to talk today about whether or not we are in a post-PC era. And I hear you guys asking right now, hey, Jonathan and Chris, why are you talking about whether or not we're in a post-PC era? Well, I'll tell you. It's because Mark Dean, the chief technology officer of IBM Middle East and Africa, who is a fellow who worked on the very first IBM PC, said, It may be odd for me to say this, but I'm also proud IBM decided to leave the personal computer business in 2005, selling our PC division to Lenovo. While many in the tech industry questioned IBM's decision to exit the business at the time, it's now clear that our company was in the vanguard of the post-PC era. I personally have moved beyond the PC as well. My primary computer now is a tablet. When I helped design the PC, I didn't think I'd live long enough to witness its decline. But while PCs will continue to be much-used devices, they are no longer the leading edge of computing. They're going the way of the vacuum tube, typewriter, vinyl records, CRT, and incandescent light bulbs. So we wanted to talk about, you know, what do we think about that? Well, I'll tell you, two things that uh, are making a comeback include vacuum tubes and vinyl. <laughs> right. So, but what he says is that they are no lo- that PCs are no longer in the leading edge of computing, and he does say they will continue to continue to be much used devices. Well, so and incandescent light bulbs still much used. So when so when was this? When was this that he he made this uh, statement? It was not long ago. It was Be- like in August of 2011. Because nine, in 1999, David Clark, who was an MIT research scientist, who scientist said uh, actually gave a a talk mm-hmm. called the post PC Internet. Yep. Um, and I found that out actually because I was reading uh, an article from uh, Sarah Rotman Epps. Mm-hmm. A forester um, who said that the post PC era doesn't mean an, a, a time when there are no more computers. And that's right. the way I was interpreting it. Yeah, exactly. Um, she says that what the post PC era means is basically a, a time of ubiquitous technology and mm-hmm. ubiquitous computing, I should say, specifically. Right. right. Um, in which case, I would say, yes, we are in we're that there. era. We're there. I agree. See, that that's what. The the reaction to Dean's uh, uh, statement was uh, was kind of across the board in technology uh, uh, journals and, and blogs. Mm-hmm. There were some people who took it to say the PC is dead, which is not what Dean said. No, he he specifically said that they will continue to be much used devices. That doesn't mean that they're dead. Um, but there were a lot of people who wrote the death of the PC, and uh, that I guess that gets eyes on your article, but it's not a really accurate representation of what Dean was saying. Uh, but, you know, there are other indicators that show that this is this is not this is not lightly said. No. I mean, first, you've got the example that Dean himself gave, which is not just not the personal example, which is interesting. Yeah. But the example of IBM selling off its PC division to Lenovo. That that was a that that caused some eyebrows to raise back in 2005. And it still does in uh, August of 2011 That's as we true. were recording this because uh, <laughs> I, I was sitting uh, at my desk just sort of going about my daily business when Jonathan dropped me an instant message that said, hey, guess what? Yeah. So, yeah. That, <laughs> IBM isn't alone Yeah, anymore. August 18th, 2011, which as of the recording of this podcast, 
was yesterday. <laughs> On August 18, 2011, HP announced it was considering spinning off its PC division. Yeah, that was after uh, and and, and yeah. um, well, oddly also, enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, oddly enough, because people are are equating the post PC era with um, things like tablets and smartphones Smart and other things. Uh, of course, we talked about in the the uh, podcast about the history of Palm how HP acquired Palm for its web OS. Yeah, and I actually. Recently, uh, probably about a month ago now, had an opportunity to play with one of the HP tablets with you, the web OS on you it. You didn't buy it, did you? No. I was wondering because you have a habit of killing technologies. That's why I was wondering if you were responsible for this. Anyhow, yeah. I really enjoyed the web OS when I was poking around on it um, in the store. I thought, this looks really nice. I really like it. And of so course, you were at I've, I've got an iPad and I enjoy my iPad. Um, and I really liked I, I liked the difference. And I've also used an Android tablet, and I liked it too. Mm-hmm. But I was I'd never actually used the Web OS before that. And I thought, well, this is this is pretty neat. I'm I'm glad HP did this. Well, Sadly. in the same announcement, HP said that it will it, it is divesting itself. It's saying no more. Well, it's not divesting it. They're that would require a buyer. <laughs> They're actually shutting it down and incurring a massive cost. I saw people commenting that. Um, they had bought it for, you know, to eliminate the competition. No, if they bought it to eliminate the competition, they wouldn't have made anything else that used the OS. Right. Um, but yeah, they are shutting down and they are all that unit and, and it looks like they are going to divest themselves of their, uh, PC holdings as well. Yeah. So that means that they, they are no longer supporting the continuation of, uh, of web OS devices, although they did say that they were hoping to continue software development in some way. So what that means in the future, we don't know. Maybe it means that, that eventually they will sell web OS off to someone else. Maybe they'll... I hope so. Uh, or maybe it just means that for all those people who went out there and bought a web OS device, don't worry, we we won't completely drop the support of the existing devices. We're just not going to build any new ones. Right, right. Um, however, you could argue that that is officially the death of Palm. Yeah. Which, you know, we, we did an episode on the history of Palm and we talked about uh, how it was the web OS was kind of its endure, in, uh, its legacy that was living on in HP and now it looks like that's no more, which yeah. is just kind of sad. But um, so let's talk about some of the things that have led to this post-PC era. Okay. Keeping in mind, again, we should say, first of all, let's talk about what roles that PCs are going to continue to fill. Let's do that first because we need to get that out of the way. Otherwise, people are going to write in and tell us how important their PC is. Again, we're not saying PCs aren't important. We're just saying they're no longer the forefront of computing. Uh, There are roles that PCs are are always going to be – or I shouldn't say always. But for the foreseeable future will be the best device to do certain kinds of tasks on. Oh, yeah. Like your typical office work. I don't think that's going to go away from uh, most PCs for a while. No. It's just that that's a very efficient and easy way to manage a lot of office work. Uh, things like tablets, if it's anything where you're doing a lot of data entry or anything along those lines, we're still not quite there yet. No, it's it's rather a pain in the neck to try to write a, a paper on a tablet. Yeah. Because trust me, I've tried. And it's it's doable. Yeah, but it's not nearly as easy as it is with a computer. And sure, you could get docking stations that have keyboards mm-hmm. on them sure. and everything, but they're they're just not quite as versatile as an um, a laptop or a desktop computer. Yep. Then we've got gaming. Yeah. 
Now, you can play lots of very popular games on tablets and smartphones. There's no doubt about it. Angry Birds has shown the world that a simple game can really dominate the market. But if you are a hardcore gamer, someone who really likes to play uh, the the cutting edge, uh, graphically intensive uh, uh, games that are out there, the ones that, that take a lot of processor power just to, to play, not just for the graphics, but for the gameplay itself and the physics engine and all that kind of stuff, then a desktop PC or laptop is not going to just go away for you. Because right. the the other devices that are out there just don't have that processing capability of running those games at that level that that uh, that the elite gamers expect. Right. So, uh, if you are into media creation or editing, oh yeah, the PC is not going to go away. I mean, you can do some some of that on a on some tablets. There are applications that let you do some work like that, but it's oh shoot, you can do some of it on smartphones. Yeah, but it's um it's limited. Uh, you're not going to be able to – you're not going to have nearly the versatility that you would have with a, a full desktop computer. Um, and also, depending on what you're doing, it may take a – it's going to either produce something that is of a lower quality than what you expect or it's going to take a lot longer to complete. Well, I can tell you from personal experience that, that shooting high-definition video and editing that work on a computer, um, the end result will – you know stretch into gigabytes of space, if not terabytes, depending on the length of the project. Right. And you're not going to find that on a tab, that amount of space on a tablet or a smartphone. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there are certain things that you, you can use to do that with. And I would argue that all the different types of devices can be useful in working together toward the completion of a project like that. But you can't actually do that level of editing with that, you know, yeah, with, with a, that level of sophistication right. on something like a tablet. Sure. So now we can talk about yeah. – I mean those those are just a few examples. There are others. I mean obviously if you're talking about uh, doing some heavy-duty processing like things like when you're folding proteins, uh, then you're going to need some – They're so small. Yeah. But then in that case, you're talking about using actual computers and yeah. not necessarily ta- – I mean, the processing needs are greater than what the, the mobile devices are capable of delivering. But in general, those are just some examples. Now, let's move on and talk about the things that make the post-PC era possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, from a hardware perspective, we've already touched on this, but mobile devices are really the the chief element here. So smartphones and tablets are really what we're focusing on. Yeah. And these products have really hit it big in the consumer marketplace over the last three years or so, four mm-hmm. years. Yep. Uh, starting with really the Apple iPhone, I would argue. I mean, there were smartphones on the market sure. before then, but an, at least in the United States, uh, the smartphone market was really just kind of limited to executives and a few early adopters. Well, it sort of depends on how you look at it. Now, I mean, there there were tablets before too. Sure, the, the uh, Windows-based tablets. Yeah, I don't really even catch think about on. Them. <laughs> well, no, they. The thing is, these things sort of laid the groundwork. Mm-hmm. Um. But the thing is, you'd have people like doctors, uh, you know, especially people in the medical industry were really using tablets, but they were big. They were like laptops that had been flipped inside out so that the screen was on the outside. They right. were heavy. Uh, they're still around. I've seen some. Um, and, you know, the Palm Pilot where you had the device in your hand, which gradually became a smartphone. But you're right. They were primarily these were tools that the executive 
would use or the, you know, the business professional would use, not things like the iPhone, which sort of broke that wall down. Yeah, it was really aimed at the general consumer who wanted to have essentially a portable computer that mm-hmm. they could that also acted as a phone. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Rotman Epps said that one of the, the delineators is that it, it's more of a casual experience. Yeah. And it's more intimate than it used to be rather than being something that was sat on your desk and you'd have to go to your desk to do it. Even with a laptop, you know, you have the, the keyboard and the, the screen up. And it also gives you the opportunity to interact with your environment no matter where you are, as opposed to, like, if you have a computer, if it's a desktop, then you are limited to the desk, Mm -hmm. Uh, unless you unplug everything and you move that desktop over someplace else for some sort of LAN party or something. LAN party. Yeah. Laptop is a little more portable, but not so portable that you're going to be whipping the laptop out just casually wherever you happen to be. Uh, they, I've, I've worked with people, sorry to interrupt. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I've worked with people who, even in the laptop era, uh, had a sling for their desktop PC so that they could carry it to LAN parties because laptops didn't, and I would argue to some degree, still don't have the kind of processing power that you can put in a desktop PC. Yeah, you can find some gaming laptops out there that put my desktop to shame, but they are still, like, compared to the cutting edge uh, gaming PC, are still are still behind. And it's because, you know, you can only fit so many components into a laptop case and not have it melt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we well, we've talked about it many times how processors... Uh, especially very sophisticated high-end processors generate a whole lot of heat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, a lot of the gaming PCs, you know, some of them are liquid cooled. Uh, many of them require multiple fans. Yep. To keep their innards cool. Yeah, they might have multiple processors. Well, yeah, like. Most of them do. Graphics, high-end graphics processors are again generating more heat. Um, so, I mean, there are things that you, but, but you can do a lot of work. With that, a lot yeah. of computing work. Well, and, and games, yes, they're games, but they're doing a lot of processing work, computing yeah, yeah, yeah. work to render that information that you see on the screen. So, if you're not doing that, if you if you wanted to be able to interact with your environment easily, then a smartphone and tablet that that makes perfect sense. Like you're walking around town and you wanted to look up the address of a place because you think, oh, that. That restaurant I heard of is nearby. I know it's near here. I just don't know exactly where it is. Right. Well, that's where that kind of thing comes in handy. And once people really started to embrace that, uh, the app world exploded. And we suddenly got all these apps that let us interact with our environment in ways we never really thought of before. Like augmented reality. Augmented reality is a great uh, example. And, of course, augmented reality goes beyond just smartphones and tablets. We've seen that incorporated into uh, handheld gaming consoles as well. And we should also add that even though we're talking about smartphones and tablets right now, we should there are other things we could talk about like set-top boxes oh, or, yes. or even just TVs that have computing elements built into them that people are, are using to interact with the digital world far more frequently than they are with a PC. Well, I so, think, I'm sorry. Oh, well, I was going to add on to, to something that's married to this idea of the mobile device and the things that you have around you, uh, there are two other related concepts. Uh-huh. There's the ecosystem, the idea of ecosystem. creating a digital ecosystem where mm-hmm. your devices can interact with one another in a fairly seamless way so that your experience, like you're, you're playing a game on your smartphone, let's say, and then you switch over to a tablet and you are able to pick up exactly where you left off on the smartphone and now you're playing in the tablet and you know, that's a that's a pretty powerful message you can send to a consumer. But uh married to that is the idea of cloud computing. 
Yes. And cloud computing has really done a lot to to bring on the post-PC era because before cloud computing, you essentially had to have a device capable of doing whatever processing needs uh, you had all on its own. Right. Like you, mm-hmm. you had to have, if you wanted to play a particular game that was on the store shelf, you needed to have a PC that had the stats that that game required at bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Otherwise you're like, well, I would love to play this game. I've got the money to play this game, but my computer is not capable of running it. Right. Now, cloud computing, uh, at least theoretically, what you would do is you create a very low powered browser window or, or framework on your computer, which doesn't require a lot of processor speed. Um, that would be what would re- run on your computer. Then you would have a high-speed Internet connection to the cloud service operator, which would be running the game on its end, and you would essentially be accessing it through the framework that's on your computer. So all the heavy lifting is being done on a computer potentially thousands of miles away from you. Mm-hmm. And it's only that you're when you press a button, like instead of pressing a button and your processor tells the game, okay, jump, uh, you're pressing a button and the com- your, your computer sends a message to this computer that's thousands of miles away that tells its processor, okay, now jump. Now getting the lag time down, the latency time down so that that doesn't become a factor in the game. That's important, but it, it, we're seeing that happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are businesses built around it. OnLive is built around that business. Yes. So you've got once you have the cloud computing uh, uh, agent there, it means that you no longer have to go out and buy the newest computer in order to access some of the coolest software that's out there. So that has taken away the 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 incentive to go out and replace your computer every couple of years just to stay up to speed, mm-hmm. uh, assuming that the things that you need are available in the cloud. Not not everything you need is going to be there. So a lot of this comes down to personal choice about whether or not you, you – know, are there certain things that you just don't feel like you – that you feel you can do without? Mm-hmm. Like I know that I can't access this particular program without having a fast computer. Do I need that program? Right. If I don't need that program, I'm just going to go to a cloud-based system and buy a cheap computer or maybe not even a computer. Maybe I'm, I can access it through a tablet or smartphone. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that has really helped urge on this this post-PC era. Yes. Uh, now we don't need these these desktop computers or laptop computers in order to access some of the cool applications that uh, previously would have required them. Mm-hmm. Well – it's just good to know that more about what the post-PC era means to those people who have described it. Uh, I think it's easy with a name like that. or It's unfortunate that they chose that description because yeah. people seem to, to think that that was the, uh, the death knell of the, the computer. But uh, obviously, I mean, computers are in so many different kinds of things. Uh, you know, it, it's just going to evolve and it's, it's become easier to do these things. It's become more cost effective to do, to put computers in different devices. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I mean, we have the internet of things where your fridge is talking to the internet. Right. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's good to have some description about what's really going on and what people actually mean by that because, um, I think it should probably, 
I think we've not only started, we've been in the post PC era for, for a couple of years anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's right now it's, it's, I think a lot easier to recognize and to, to acknowledge the fact that we are in that era. I mean, yeah. um, again, it doesn't mean that you're going to walk home and realize that suddenly all your computers don't work or they've disappeared. <laughs> uh, they've all run off. Um, they don't have a little gem blinking indicating that they need to be on the run because otherwise the computer executors are going to show up and, and renew. Take them away. Renew. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, wow. I don't know if anyone's going to get that joke. If you do, let us know. Yeah. Some of you will. All right. All of you old timers out there who get that joke, don't yell at me for assuming that you're, you're young or young timers who, <laughs> who, who, who are, have seen it. Who that would just blow me away. <laughs> I, I know there's a remake coming anyway. Okay. I'm getting off track. Really? Let's wrap this up. Yes, there is. Let's wrap this up. We are going to uh, uh, say that, yes, we're in a post-PC era. No, it does not mean the computer is actually going away. And I think uh, I think I'm comfortable with that. I am too. So if you guys have any topics you would like us to talk about, anything that you specifically think needs to be addressed, you can write us an email. Our address is techstuff at howstuffworks.com or drop us a line on Facebook or Twitter. Our handle at both of those is techstuff, H-S-W. And Chris and I will talk to you again really soon. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join HowStuffWorks staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Running a business is no cakewalk, but with SAP Concur Solutions, you can be ready for anything. You can manage travel, expenses, and AP all on one platform that's packed with AI and best practices and that delivers it all through an easy, clear, I can't believe how simple that is experience. So while not much can be done about that guy who never fails to burn the microwave popcorn and stink up the entire office, with SAP Concur, you can easily handle almost anything else. Take control of your business finances today at concur.com. That's C-O-N-C-U-R dot com. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey fam, I'm Simone Boyce. I'm Danielle Robay. And we're the hosts of The Bright Side, the podcast from Hell of Sunshine that's guaranteed to light up your day. Like our recent episode with sisters Regina and Raina King about the why behind their production company, Royal Ties. We have such a huge love for storytelling without walls, without barriers. 
Listen to The Bright Side from Hello Sunshine on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.